Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Muppet Christmas Carol two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your surprise co-host, Roz Strand! What, Roz? You're filling in for Ryan this time? Remind- I am! <laughs> Isn't that exciting? It we is- didn't plan this at all. We really, we really didn't. I um, have nothing prepared. So Ryan got whisked away by the ghost of Christmas past. Yes. It is currently 1987, and Ryan is recording a video about Cookie Monster. Yes. Uh, for Christmas. He likes the ones with M&M's in them. <laughs> he likes the cookies with M&M's in them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so so Roz has graciously filled in, and he's graciously filling in for Ryan. Uh, but Roz, you, you are not our guest. You're, no. You're, you're the co-host. I'm the co-host. You're the co-host. Our guest is a first-time guest. Uh, that she has been, we promised her over two years ago she could be on the show. Guest, who are you? I am Alina Goshinsky, Anthony's niece. Alina Goshinsky? Dude, you're my niece too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alina's brother Ethan was here for Great Muppet Caper. And my sister. And your sister, I was going to say it. Uh, and her sister Kaylin was here for Muppet Stick Manhattan. So it's become a family tradition. The third and final sibling in your family. Alina, you're here for this. And you love this movie. Oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> this is like this is well. We'll talk about it later, but but like we, you and I watched this together last Christmas. Yeah. Over at over at Roz's mom's house, your your grandma's house. Yeah. And I'm sure we'd watched it together, but it was just you and me. Yeah. And you know, like so many of the lines and stuff. I basically memorized that movie. <laughs> yeah, it rules. So like, well, I'm, and you listen to it, um, just the music. Oh, in yeah. your room and stuff, right? I do that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you go into Alina's room around Christmas, you'll probably hear it. You just hear that. That was one more sleep. Uh, but I'm so glad you're here. And we're just, like, we're, we're just hanging out. It's just, like, yeah, a Yeah, it's we, amazing. It's we've just, done like, a family uh, get-together. Total Christmas stuff. We've, we've gone shopping. We've baked cookies. We've eaten yummy food. Um, we watched pizza. We watched Cutthroat Kitchen. We yeah. watched Cutthroat Kitchen. <laughs> and now we're talking about. Which is a family tradition. Oh, yeah. yeah. It is. And now we're talking about another family tradition. Uh, minutes. Muppet Christmas Carol. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> minutes 49 and 50 of Muppet Christmas Carol. And so in these minutes, Scrooge tells one ghost to leave and then meets another ghost. So we start where we left off last time with Rizzo crying. And Rizzo, of course, is crying because of the end of When Love Is Gone, a a song that is back in the movie now on Disney+. Plus. Yes! Yes! Favorite. Woo! (laughs) So you can can see it there. I mean, it's by the time this episode comes out, it's been well over a month. But as we're recording, it just came back on the other day. So we're pretty excited. It finally makes sense again. Yeah. The movie? The movie. The movie didn't make sense without it. And especially because Scrooge is, like, so distraught here he's um, like first scrooge asked the spirit to show him no more and then he gets even more emotional he says to the spirit why do you delight in torturing me so before we talk about what this ghost of christmas past says back do you think that the ghost is torturing scrooge here do you think that's a fair accusation Uh, (laughs) um no she she's just kind of showing him what he did wrong Right, he did it. Yeah. Like it's all his choices. It's, yeah. It was his fault. I mean, he's kind of she's kind of yeah. rubbing his face in it. Um, <laughs> but what but it's you... definitely like whenever, whenever a kid does something wrong, 
And then you go and show them the mess that they've made. And then they're just like, this is not my fault. This is all your fault. (laughs) Yeah. You did this. Yeah. And it's like, no, the ghost of Christmas past had nothing to do with this. I mean, she brought him there. She, she brought, did. She did bring him. I know, but it's, there. it's not really her fault, though. No. You don't think so? You both agree? No, because she was sent there by somebody else also. She's just doing her job. Marley yeah. Marley and Marley. Yeah. What, you think Marley and Marley are in charge? Probably. I don't you know. So? Maybe. I mean, they got all the ghosts together. You think they, like, had a sign-up sheet? Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Christmas past, go at 1 o'clock. All right, um, but the spirit, because I, I, I think the spirit is like stone cold, right? She's like, I told you, these are the shadows of things that have been, that they are what they are. Do not blame me, is what she says. Mm-hmm. But she did show, like, she, she, she showed him. But she showed him some lovely things, too. Yeah. That's true. His meeting with Belle. Meeting with Belle. I mean, it's Fozzie Wig. Fozzie Wig. Yes. That's true. His, yes. Not the rat. Like, the lamp, not the rat. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, but anyways, you said it's like a little kid. So yeah. So then Michael Caine just looks at her and goes, leave me. And you and I both made the same observation. One, two, three. He, he looks, looks like, just, just like, like Miles. Miles. So our four-year-old son uh, is, uh, let's say, a strong-willed little man. He's a strong-willed yeah. fellow. It's a kind way of saying it. He is. We've he mentioned. Is. I mean, I've mentioned Miles on the pod. He's, his voice has been heard on the podcast before. Yeah. Listeners yeah. probably know he who is, that is. He is an absolute sweetheart, but he is also Bruce Banner. Uh-huh. He is Bruce Banner. <laughs> so when he, he gets mad. And when he hulks out, he looks just like Michael Caine in this scene. <laughs> and he says, never, leave me. Leave me. I never realized how much Miles looks like Michael Caine until He's a little, tiny little Michael Caine. He's a tiny little Michael Caine. Yeah, that's, he recently told me yeah. I was only supposed to blow the doors off. So. Yeah, he he is tired of burying members of the Bruce Wayne family. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Miles said it. He lo- He's Alfred for some reason. Yeah, whenever he, Anthony showed me it, I was like, oh my gosh, that is so true. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, but, I mean, he is. He's as mad as a four-year-old who just got told that he has to take a bath. Scrooges. And Scrooges. Yeah, you're right. That's the thing. thing. He is just like, it's probably his greatest regret because it seems like after this, he no longer gets any other visions. Whenever he says, leave me, she does leave him. You think this is when when he turns? I think that this this is is when he turns. I I think that losing somebody that you love... And more than one way or another, like, changes you. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Alina? Oh. Um, it would be sad for someone seeing a loved one that they lost again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you never thought you'd have to look at that face. Yeah, ever again. again. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I bet Belle is married, so that would have been right. worse. Well, and as we've talked about on the podcast before, in the book, she is. Yeah. In the book, there's a scene where he sees Bella and her husband yeah. talking about how lonely he is. How lonely Scrooge is. His, her husband is like, yeah. I saw a friend of yours. It was Scrooge sitting alone in his counting house or whatever. Yeah. But in this movie, they don't show that, which, yeah. whatever, we don't have time for everything. But what happens then after Leave Me is Scrooge sits down on the bridge. The background fades to black, and then Scrooge is back in his room. We magic. have It is magic, right? Like <laughs> we have, I mean, we have two different shots of Michael Caine, one on the bridge, one in the house. And then they dissolve the two together to make yeah. it look like a transition. It looks great, I think. Yeah, it does. I mean, we've talked a lot on this podcast about how this is the prettiest looking Muppet movie. Oh, That's yes. what Ryan and I both think. What are your two thoughts on that? Yeah, it is. You agree? Definitely. The sets are 
amazing in this movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The first perspective, like how it looks so picturesque and tiny, yet it doesn't look awkward for the humans to be walking around. Yeah. That's just the way that they did that. It was as good as Sesame Street, but it was more Dickensian, you know? So it's... It's, it's, it's Dickensian Sesame Street. It's Dickensian <laughs> Sesame Street, which Sesame Street tried to do in in a program. Oh, um, uh, Once Upon a Sesame Street. Once Upon Christmas. a Sesame Street. They tried to do that, yeah, and it uh, wasn't nearly as cute. What a disappointment. I know. I was so sad. I mean, I still kind of like it just because they're trying so hard. Well, I mean, the problem is that it's a Sesame Street special from, from 2018 or whatever, 2017. It, it, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I like Jim Gaffigan as Santa Claus, but... Mm-hmm. Did you even remember that Jim Gaffigan played Santa Claus? Oh, uh, heck no. Because he didn't do anything funny. No. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful set. And also the the costumes are amazing. Oh, yeah. Piggy, I don't know. Piggy and Ringlets is <laughs> my favorite Piggy hair design, I think. Yeah. Is that right? ever, ever? Well, Better, better than, like, Great Muppet Caper or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow, Because with the long hair, it looks... It looks good on her. I mean, it's, yeah. it's Piggy. She always looks good. But with those, like, big banana curls, it's just so cute. Yeah. My gosh, a pig and banana curls. Nothing <laughs> cuter than a pig and banana curls. Yeah. All right. Awesome. <laughs> you don't know what to say. I don't know. That. I think <laughs> No, you're right. You're right. This is what you get whenever you get a different co-host. That's you right. You get to no, talk about right. pigs and banana girls. That's, Ryan doesn't bring up pigs and banana girls <laughs> uh, thus far. Yeah. Now he will. He's going to he think will about after it. He hears He's this one. Go to sleep thinking about what he did in 1987 and then <laughs> missing tonight. Um, but uh, so, but but I was going to say though, it's also 21 full seconds. Of Scrooge just sitting there absorbing like what he's just seen in Christmas past. Yeah. It's a long time. It is. For I mean, the score is going in the background, but mm-hmm. like no one says a word and we just watch Michael Caine think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like it doesn't feel boring. It doesn't feel unnecessary. It's just like time to sit and reflect. Almost. You you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, as though we've just heard the sermon or something. <laughs> you, you know what I mean, kind of? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I definitely get that. I guess I never noticed. Yeah. that's Well, me neither until... I've never counted the seconds. Well, no, right. Me neither. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole thing about, like, doing this podcast two minutes at a time. Yeah. Is that now I have, like, I made a point to count the seconds for this. But mm-hmm. it really is a long time, and it's very impressive to me. Mm-hmm. But after that 21 seconds, Gonzo starts narrating again. Yes. And what he says is, Scrooge was left alone and exhausted in his bedchamber, and thus he remained until the nearby clock began to strike the hour. So is that the same as in the, is that other Dickens um, language right there? So Dickens actually goes out of his way to say that Scrooge laid in bed for an entire hour before the, before the ghost came. Because he says, now, being prepared for almost anything... He was not by any means prepared for nothing. And consequently, when the bell struck one and no shape appeared, he was taken with a violent fit of trembling. Five minutes, ten minutes, a quarter of an hour went by, yet nothing came. All this time he lay upon his bed. And then it goes on. I mean, you know, Dickens, he's wordy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 
Understatement. Right. Yeah. But he goes on like that for a while. So it talks about how like Scrooge was in his bed alone for a long time before the ghost showed up. But none, none of the actual words Gonzo says here are in the book. That's all Jerry Jewell. Okay. So they just, they, you know, that makes sense. I guess I, I hadn't considered it before, but like to put Dickens text into a movie is really hard. Because you have to summarize it. Because mm-hmm. this is the man who can go on for 21 pages about a tea kettle. Now you're, like, you're talking about Cricket on the Heart. Yes. And it's about five pages, it by the way. It felt like 21 <laughs> pages of tea kettle we're, antics. We should say, we're, we are reading Cricket on the Hearth together right yes. now. Yes, yes. I, I think it's pretty good. Oh, it's, a, it's amazing. I've never thought of a tea kettle as, I love tea, and I've never been able to write five pages on it. That's true. <laughs> Um, but it makes sense that they would try to match the tone and match the text without using all the text. Yes. Like yeah. that is, that's a heck of a thing to summarize. Yeah. we And we've, like I said, we've talked about that on the podcast quite a lot this season. Oh, okay. That Jerry, like people talk about this movie, like it has all this original Dickens language. Mm-hmm. And what it has a lot more of is Jerry Jewell either condensing it mm-hmm. or like approximating it. Making yes. up new stuff that sounds Dickensian. Which he has to. Which, which is what this is. Yeah. You know? So he does a really good job of, of you know, the gravity of of um, Scrooge just lying in his bed thinking about what, what has just happened. Right, right. But as long as we're in the old curiosity shop, <laughs> um, the, the opposite example is the exact quote from the book earlier was... I told you these were the shadows of the things that have been, said the ghost, that they are what they are. Do not blame me. Mm-hmm. That's a direct quote from the book. That makes sense. For example, you that know? That makes sense. Um, Scrooge, and but although we're talking, speaking of Dickens being wordier, what Scrooge says there is, leave me, take me back, haunt me no longer. Mm. So they just condense that down to leave me. Leave me. Leave me. But here, he, and actually, as long, before we leave the ghost of Christmas past, can I say one other thing about the book that is like the weirdest thing? And one of there's a lot of weird things in the book. You can absolutely say anything your heart desires. It's one of the weirdest things in the book. Uh, so he's trying to right before he he's trying to get the ghost to go away, right? Yes. Yeah. He turned upon the ghost and seeing that it looked upon him with a face in which, in some strange way, there were fragments of all the faces it had shown him, wrestled with it. Uh. So he sees huh. all the faces that the Ghost of Christmas Past has shown him right before he tries to extinguish it by putting its own cap down over its head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, which is in certain movie versions. I think Patrick yeah. Stewart does it. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, it's weird, right? Alita's looking at me like... <laughs> what, what are you thinking about that, Lena? Um, I've only seen the Muppet Christmas Carol in the Mickey Christmas Carol. Um, right, he doesn't do that to Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Um, I have not seen any, like, plays or anything about this. Mm-hmm. So. So you had uh, no idea. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but you've never seen Terminator 2 either. What? You've never seen Terminator 2 either because no. you're 13. But you have. You've yes. seen Terminator 2. And that's what this reminds me of. Remember when the T-1000 is just about to die and flailing about in the lava? Spoilers. And mm-hmm. then <laughs> and then it shows like Jeanette Goldstein as as John's foster mom and and the security guard that he turned into. Like it, he like while he's bubbling around, he shows all the other people that he turned into during the movie. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. So that's what this feels like to me. Yeah. 
it, re it reminds me back to the, um, reminds me of the door knocker. Again, that changing oh, faces. Oh, changing to Marley, yeah. Oh. <laughs> you remember when Marley's face shows up yeah. on the door knocker? Jacob he Marley? Screams. Yeah. 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 Oh! You guys are excellent at that. <laughs> That's what we, we, should be, we should be professionals. Um, we could do it for But, so anyways, back to, now, now that was the Christmas past of this movie because I yep. had to jump back. Yes, yes. But uh, going back now, Scrooge has been laying in his bed. We don't know how long. Then Gonzo said, tells us that Scrooge knew the second of the ghost was due to appear. But now as the clock finished striking, Gonzo says all that. Yeah. But then Scrooge says nothing. nothing. And I really like that Scrooge is basically helping out with the narration. Yeah. <laughs> like Scrooge is un subconsciously, unconsciously joining in with Gonzo as the narrator just for that one word. But a light comes on in the other room. Well, I think that that nothingness is pretty significant. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me it's, why. It's showing that anticipation. That he's, like, actively waiting that for he's it. Like, he's, he's just waiting, you know, whenever somebody's out to get you. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, unbearable to wait for it. So here's, But I also think it means that he doesn't think it's humbug anymore. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's ex he knows it's going to happen. He doesn't think this is all a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. He's experienced too much. Yeah. And do you think that, like, at that moment... Do you think that he feels like he's escaped or that they forgot about him or that it was like, I don't know. It's it's yeah. a lot of, it's hard to tell what Scrooge is thinking, but it almost, it seems like relief and also fear at the same time. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Um, but before that, before Scrooge starts worrying about it, the ringing bell wakes up Rizzo. We didn't talk about oh, that. Oh, you're we right. We skipped over that whole bit. In the window. Where, yeah, where Rizzo say, wakes up and says, what was that? Gonzo yeah. says it's 2 o'clock. Rizzo asks oh, if yeah. it's too early. You say it. If it's too uh, too early for breakfast? And Gonzo says yes. Yes. It's good supper time. <laughs> <laughs> so, I love how he says supper time. <laughs> supper yeah, time. Because when... Because why? Why do you love supper time? Oh, he eats so much, but also like... Supper time really reminds me of the of the DVD title menus on the Muppet Show. <laughs> Muppet Show season two. Muppet Show season two. It's Animal and Rizzo. Have I showed you this, Alina? No. Okay, I've been showing this to you after podcast <laughs> tonight. Um, so it's Animal and Rizzo, which is a group that you don't really think of. Well, you know why it's Animal and Rizzo? No. Because so Animal was Eric Jacobson. Okay. And Rizzo, of course, is Steve. Oh. So they've been shooting the Kermit and Piggy ones. Oh, so then they just switched yeah. characters. Okay, so Animal, <laughs> yeah, he just he's just like saying this to nobody. He just goes, Mother Show, Mother Show, Mother Show, and then he goes, Hey, 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 Rizzo, Rizzo, and Rizzo's like, What, what, buddy? He's like, Mother Show. <laughs> but then the best part is that then Rizzo goes. Yeah, Muppet Show. Yeah, Muppet Show. And whenever he's like, <laughs> supper time. I don't know. I like it, it whenever they do that. it. I like it whenever they use that cadence. It's really fun. Yeah. You know what it reminds me of? What? So Frank Oz, who appears in this movie. Yes. Directed Little Shop of Horrors. Correct. Which has a song called Supper Time. Oh, it does? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's when he's going to eat um, Mr. Mushnick. Yes. 
And Mr. Mushnick is doing the like little red dots all over the linoleum thing. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I got your number now. And that's not because I think it's supper time. Okay. You know? Okay. Not not one of the mo- not one of the songs that I remember. That makes sense. Very well. That makes sense. It's kind of a creepy part. As but Brian to- Henson, who directed this movie, yes. was one of the performers for Audrey 2 in that. Oh. So he would know it. He, he lip synced it. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so I don't know if it's a reference or not, but it might be. Oh, it could be. Yeah. Wouldn't That'd surprise be me at all. But anyways, back. So the light comes on in the other room. And Alina, who is it? It's the ghost of Christmas present. Yeah. Yay! My favorite out of the three. Your favorite Aww. out of the three? Why? Uh, he reminds me of my old pastor. He's just so <laughs> jolly and he's got a red beater. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> So we that actually we actually saw that pastor give a sermon with five sermons in it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yes. And he stayed jolly through all of them. Yeah. He so, is a very jolly guy. So I get it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. We saw um, that pastor do a lot of sermons. A lot of sermons. All and, right in a row. Yeah. That's like, true. That's, he loves it. He loves he it. He loves doing multiple sermons. Yeah. Also, is it just me or does the ghost of Christmas Christmas present sound Jamaican? Uh, I don't know about that. I know me, Betamon. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. I mean, I think he's supposed to just be British. Right? I, I don't know. know. It's like it Jerry Nelson Jamaican. doing like a... So it's just Jerry Nelson, we should say. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. um, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. He plays Statler in this movie. He plays... He stars in the movie. He stars in the movie. He's yeah. gonna, we're going to hear him as Tiny Tim later. Yes. Um, but he's the Count. He's Harry Monster. He's Floyd. He's, you know, Louis Kazegger. <laughs> Miss Mousy. <laughs> Gobo Fraggle, Pa Gorg, Marjorie the Trash Heap. He's a very talented guy. Mm-hmm. He's a very talented guy, a very versatile guy. Um, but I think that the fact that it's Jerry Nelson, and like, even if you don't know that name, you recognize that voice yeah. as sounding like a Muppet. You know, like he just has, he's like, it was on the Muppet show all the time. And uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past sounds like a little girl. Yeah. It does not sound like a Muppet, therefore. Nope. But this guy, he you could imagine him singing. I, I don't know. You could imagine him singing uh, On the Road Again. Born, on, the, on born the to Ad. Yeah, you can imagine him singing Born to Ad on Sesame Street, whatever. Um, so I think that that really helps. And also, you mentioned that he looks like your former pastor. Yeah. He is apparently based on Kirk Thatcher. Oh, wow. Like, well, I can see that yeah, now. Like he, I mean, he basically also looks like the character in the book. Like... Like, the character in the book is described as being a jolly giant, glorious to see, holding a glowing torch, dressed in furs and greens. Wow. You know, you know whatever. Like, like that is in the book. Um, That's such a beautiful uh, description. Clothed in one simple green robe or mantle bordered with white fur. So, that is that is true. But the specific look here was based on Kirk Thatcher, who was, at that time character designer for Henson. Mm-hmm. He designed a lot of the characters on dinosaurs. Yes, <laughs> that was his big project at babe. that time. Yeah, you're a fan. Um, but then since then, he co-wrote Mother Treasure Island. He directed uh, it's a Kermity Christmassy movie. Yeah, Matthew Kermit. Lillard. Kermity Christmassy Matthew Lillard movie. Yeah. Uh, Muppets Wizard of Oz. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Oof. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Amazing. I Muppets Wizard of Oz. Cannot believe that you mentioned that garbage. <laughs> Like, I'm um, so mad at you. You're really... I'm just listing his credits. I'm not mad at you, but if our kids find out that it exists and I have to watch it again, then I'm going to be mad at you. 
Um, Kirk Thatcher, love you to death, man. That was unwatchable. Also directed Letters to Santa. Yeah, Letters that was to pleasant. Santa. It's better than, than Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's 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 pleasant. Well, we're going to cover all that stuff later in, oh, bon- yeah. in bonus episodes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyways, he's been one of the main creative forces of the Muppets over the past 30 years. Yeah. And you, if you show, if you look up pictures of him online, you see he has this big beard, yeah. big burly guy. Uh, listeners might know him from his recent appearance in Marvel's Werewolf by Night, in which he plays a monster hunter. He does not look like the ghost of Christmas present in that. Yeah, but kind of. I mean, he still has the beard. Yeah, he still looks like a giant, but a giant that would kill you. That's true. <laughs> um, here, wait, Alina, you've never seen him, right? Uh, I'm gonna no. show. I'm gonna show you Kirk Thatcher, and you tell me if you can see it or not. I'm just gonna Google him and find random pics. Let's see. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Oh yeah, I see it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that um, looks like a nearly dinosaurs era. Yeah, yeah. It's, Thatcher it's, with the feathered hair. I yeah, love that look on him. It's from the '90s. That's mm-hmm. also about. Well, no, it's a little earlier. There was a. DVD extra where Pepe interviews him inside oh, the actor's studio yeah. style, and in that he makes fun of him for having feathered hair when he was younger. I like that interview. Yeah, I think that's that on. Funny. It's a very Merry Mother Christmas movie. I think it's. That, oh yeah, that DVD. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, very funny. Uh, so, anyways, Kirk Thatcher does not play the Ghost of Christmas present here. Jerry Nelson does the voice. The body is performed by Don Austin. He's oh. the guy in the suit. Oh, I wish I could be him. You wish you could be in that suit? That would be awesome. You'd like to do a full body suit performing? Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, radical. Because you're an athlete. Yeah. I mean, you could probably do it. You play 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 all manner of sports. Basketball, volleyball. I used to run cross country. Yeah. Yeah, You could run cross country wearing a Ghost of Christmas present costume. Oh, I don't know about that. No? (laughs) (laughs) Well, you would be good in this movie because you're also, you're an athlete, so you could do the puppetry and you're also very musical. Yeah. You're a good singer, you're a good guitar player, you're a good drummer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all true. Um, but so Don Austin had been with the Muppets for a while. He what is n- never really had speaking parts. He was a costume performer for the most part, but he worked on Labyrinth. He worked on uh, The Witches. Do you know who he was in Labyrinth? He is uh, so Muppet Wiki says goblins assisted on Ludo, the Junk Lady, the Hat, Fairies, and Flying Fairies. Oh, so just puppetry okay. and all that just stuff. Puppetry didn't on do all any that stuff. not not just puppetry, but didn't do any voice work. Okay. On any of this stuff. He did, however, do voice work on The Hoobs, the British Henson series from the early 2000s. He was Ivor, one of the main hoobs on The Hoobs. Well, I'm glad you know that. Yes. Can I, we move on? Yeah, sure. So anyways, <laughs> no, but what, what I was going to say about Don Austin really, though, is I think he has so much to do with why this works. Yes. It's such an expressive performance. He's mm-hmm. like... Especially later on, we're going to see him, like, motioning towards Scrooge. And, yes. You know, during It Feels Like Christmas, he's, like, swinging around and spreading his arms. And yeah. That, I mean, that well, really helps, you in know? In this, yeah. it's really good because he's so big. And right. yet, yeah, he's, he's, he's moving. gigantic here. Like, yeah. he shouldn't be able to move that well. Yeah, in that costume. Yeah. It's like, wow. It's like me being stuck under our daughter's bu- uh, loft bed now. It's <laughs> like, you just, you know, you can't move that well. And he's so big, and his gestures are so inviting. Big, yeah. Yeah. It's true. So uh, to to get that much movement whenever you're in this little forced perspective room where you're twice the size that you should be, 
Yeah, because he's, I mean, we everyone listening has seen the movie, I'm sure, but he is, like, up to the ceiling. He's a true giant yeah, at this point. Yeah, he's huge. Yes. And Scrooge walks into the room, and is it just filled with a ghost of Christmas present? Yeah. No! No, it's what? filled with food. Oh, food, dude! There's all kinds oh, of stuff. So, you said. so That's okay. some of it is like bread, but most of it is vegetables. Mostly vegetables. You see, see a little bit of fruit. Yeah. Yeah. Carrots. Whole lot of parsnips. You love parsnips. I love you parsnips. Love parsnips. <laughs> Anytime there's parsnips in a scene, I'm just like, heck yeah, we're gonna have some parsnips. Yeah, you Woo! loved the Homestar Runner cartoon, plenty of parsnips. Yes. Said in the 30s. Guys. <laughs> You have no idea. Everybody thinks that parsnips are like non-existent or weird, and they're delicious. They're as good as potatoes. Well, you know what? You know what I was gonna say though. What? Why there? I'm glad you like parsnips. Yes. But you know why there's cauliflower, parsnips, carrots. You know why all that stuff is here? Why? Because of the Ghost of Christmas Present. Yes. Even the vegetables do like him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why. They finally came over to Scrooge's house. Wow. What? I'm glad that they're, you're cute. They're at Scrooge's house. <laughs> uh, um, but, but so then the ghost, the ghost once again says, come in and know me better, better man. man. You gotta uh, say it, Mon. He doesn't, say, he doesn't even say it, Mon. It sounds like Mon to me. But what if the ghost of Christmas present sang under the sea? Would you enjoy that? Under the sea. <laughs> no, he'd sing it like the ghost. He'd be like, under the sea. Under, under the, the sea. sea. Yeah. Darling, it's better down where it's, it's water. Take it from me. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, anyways. <laughs> uh, what do they got? A lot of sand? We got a hot Victorian band. Okay. <laughs> All right. You have uh, to see them later. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Bobby Benson and his baby band. Oh, it's not Bobby coming Benson. Up, coming up, dude. Don't <laughs> mention Bobby Benson to me. That dude should be put in jail. Pretty sure I talked <laughs> about the this. Victor Borga episode. Uh-huh. Good. Remember? Yeah, you've yes. seen it. Yeah. How do you get back out? Uh, I don't even <laughs> It was Anyways, definitely out. Uh, Vic, uh, Victor Borga is not in this movie. That would rule. If he oh was. my gosh! Yeah, he played Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> he'd play like. Oh, he'd be good as he'd be good as the guys collecting funds for the poor. He would. You know, who he would be also actually be really good as. Who? He's just like playing the music at Fozzywig's party. Oh yeah, that'd oh, be yeah, the cameo. Yeah, yeah. That'd be that'd the be Victor great. Morgan. And then he would just like fall off the chair. Yeah, and yeah. then he would turn around and sit on it. Yeah, then you yeah. just yeah, you'd be doing all the bits. That'd yes, be great. love all the uh, bits. Richard Borga, look him up on YouTube. A legend. Yes. All right. Uh, but in this in this one, uh, the the ghost once again says, "Come in and know me better, man." Then asks if he already said that, and yes. Scrooge <laughs> kind of like nonchalantly says, "You did. Yeah. You did. Yeah." yeah. Uh, so this the absent-minded thing mm-hmm. is not in the book at all. Oh. There's no like he doesn't repeat himself. Okay. That's Jerry Jewell's invention. That's to make him a muppet. Yeah. It, oh. I, I mean, you know, it really is. Like, I think it also makes them more childlike. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably true. Children repeat themselves all the time. Whenever I'm super giddy and I'm really in the moment, then I'll repeat myself. We should remind the audience that you're a preschool teacher. <laughs> yeah, this happens a lot. <laughs> Whenever I'm teaching, I also repeat myself, obviously, because nobody was listening uh-huh. the first through third times. Uh-huh. And then I have to say it again, a fourth or fifth or sixth, or use my pictures or sign language or 
Okay. My, my school is complicated. Why did you bring this up? You brought it up. You brought it up. <laughs> no, so repeating yourself is a very childlike attribute. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, but anyway, so then, yeah, like in the book, he only says his name once. He only mm-hmm. tells Scrooge, like, um, come in and know me better, man, That's once. boring. <laughs> boring. He needs more times. Uh, he but, say it more. So here he says his name again, and then Scrooge says... You're a little absent-minded spirit, and that's where we end. That's the last thing we hear on yeah. these two minutes. You're a it's little so hard to end on that. You're a little absent-minded. Why would you end spirit. on that? Because next he says, "No, I am a rutabaga." <laughs> Is that what he says? What do you think he says in the next one? What does he answer? Don't forget. <laughs> no, you listen to the podcast. You know that we just theorize. Yeah, I know. So you can just make something up. Oh, um. I am a pastor. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's your pastor. That's what he says. That's what he, he says. The other thing is, like, whenever you said he's, like, childlike, my pastor was also childlike. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's he, very fun, fun guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. A fun yeah. guy. He's a mushroom. Uh, he is a mushroom. Yeah. Fun guy. We, um, in class, we read through the Christmas Story, yeah, like the biblical Christmas story. No, 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 No. the Christmas Carol. A Christmas Carol, and I got to be the ghost of Christmas present. You did. When? What grade was this in? This, this was this year, eighth grade. Eighth grade, yeah. Oh, awesome! So that was. So you got to say, "Come in and know me better, man." Yeah, yeah, that rules. I said it in the voice of the Sebastian the Crab. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Come in and know me better, man. But you did it in the voice from the movie. Yeah. That rules. That is so cool. At least I tried. Yeah. I, I bet you sounded just like him. Because you're, yeah. you're a mimic. You're a, you're a regular rich little. No, I'm sorry. I didn't say it. I'm I didn't gonna, say it. I didn't I'm say it. Right? The computer. I'm going <laughs> to smash all the pictures in our basement. Why would you do that? I'm going to throw over our DVD rack. And I'm going to flip your chair while you're still in it. <laughs> Why would you bring up the Antichrist of comedy? Hey, come on. Rich Little. Come on. He's the hey, you worst. you just said his name. Yeah, He's <laughs> the worst. Yes. He is my enemy. So shame I know. at people. I know, I know. That's why I couldn't resist. I'm going right. to flip your chair I'm over. Gonna, let's move with on. With you in hey, it. let's move on. So angry right now. Let's move on. I'm going to need a cookie <laughs> in order to call. Oh, we down. just bake some. Stuff? I know. Go upstairs, get me a cookie, and okay, then I can move on, okay? <laughs> okay, okay. Telling you what my needs are. Uh, so that, anyways, okay, we'll get you <laughs> Look one. Look at what you've done. We'll get you one. Hey, Anthony. It's me. It's me, Ryan. Oh, hey. Whoa, hey, whoa, you're back. Yeah, hey, it's me from from the future, I guess, because I'm 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 in the future of of you and Raza and Alina in this episode. Even though it's the present for us right now and it'll be the past by the time people actually hear this. I don't know, I guess we shouldn't Wibbly think about it. Too much. Yes, exactly. Um so yeah, I just I thought I should uh, come back just long enough to record this this segment uh, here with you because as long as Roz is yelling at you for bringing up Rich Little, uh, I thought that I should chime in with some information about who else has played the Ghost of Christmas Present in other adaptations featuring established characters. How does that sound? It sounds great. I forgot this was the first time we see him because we've done these out of order. 
We have done these out of order, and now it's even more out of order because we're doing this after the parts of this episode that have come before and will come after. Seriously, this is impossible to wrap your head around. <laughs> so, um, other uh, productions with established characters. In Mickey's Christmas Carol, the ghost of Christmas Present was played by Willie the Giant. Um, I think Willie Willy the Giant voice, only voice. had a few other appearances. Right, although Will Ryan started playing him there. Uh, okay. The, the recently recently deceased voice acting legend Will Ryan. Yeah. And he played him forever. He played him on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and stuff. Any Anytime oh. they needed Willie the Giant, it would be Will Ryan, like for the next 35 years. Okay. Did the Giant yeah. first appear in the Mickey and the Beanstalk cartoon? Mickey and the Beanstalk, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1947, fun and fancy free. Yeah, and that's he works... Those, just, that's one of those titles that sounds made up, like that there's a Disney movie called Fun and Fancy Free. A Disney movie called Fun and Fancy Free. In the Flintstones Christmas Carol, it was a character... Apparently named Irwin. So I'm getting this information primarily from Wikipedia. I have never seen the Flintstones Christmas Carol, but at this point, maybe I just should. Maybe I got to watch this thing. Got to fire it up. I got to know who Irwin is as the ghost of Christmas present. Um, as of this <laughs> recording, it's on Prime, so I should go check it out. Uh, there you go. In the Smurfs Christmas Carol, it's Brainy Smurf. I guess that makes as much sense as anything. Sure. In uh, the Ghostbusters episode where they uh, accidentally catch the ghosts and then they have to impersonate them to to talk to Scrooge, uh, Winston Zedmore is the ghost of Christmas Present. Oh, is that right? Winston, yeah. sure. Yeah, Winston. In a special Sesame Street Christmas, which is a weird TV special from the 70s, uh, comedy actor Imogene Coca plays the ghost. She wears this costume covered in clocks. Which co- uh, which uh, prompts Ethel Merman to tell her she looks like an idiot. Your favorite uh, part. What, my favorite part. One of the highlights of that very strange special. In the direct-to-video special, A Sesame Street Christmas Carol, it's Christmas Carol, C-A-R-O-L-E, and this is an animated character voiced by Kristen Chenoweth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, remember that? I do, now that you say it. Saw that thing once. Yeah. So do you own the DVD? I don't think I do. I checked it out of the library. Looking That's at the reasonable. shelf, I don't. In the uh, Muppet Magazine comic strip that I've mentioned a few times, do you want to guess who the Ghost of Christmas present is in that? Sweetums. No, it's actually Dr. Teeth. All right. It kind of sure. fits, I guess, the the sort of uh, uh, like gregarious nature of the character. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. And, golden teeth uh, and golden tones do make sense for the ghost of Christmas. Present. Yeah, golden teeth and golden tones, and know me better, man. There you go. There you go. And then in the early conversations about this movie, when they thought that the the famous Muppets would be playing the ghosts, they thought that it might be Miss Piggy as the ghost of Christmas Present. Huh. I guess that would have been fine. I don't know. It, the movie's just so much better the way it is. As yeah, we yeah. It, it would just like, be a, a very different movie that way. Uh, so then, I'll, <laughs> last but probably least, I will have you guess who do you think plays this ghost in the Rich Little Christmas Carol? So it's got to be someone who's, as we discussed, gregarious and big personality. Uh, it's Burl Ives. The Burl Ives impression. No, no, that would have been good. Do you want me to tell you? Yes. It is Peter Falk 
And in my okay. notes, I have Peter Falk <laughs> as Columbo. So I guess he's acting like Columbo. I guess he's. I'm doing, sure it is. He's probably sure doing like, just like one oh, more thing, one more thing, one more thing, just yeah. one more thing. Yeah. So. That's you know, Rich Little is not not adding a lot of subtlety. Original to uh, Columbo jokes. impression, <laughs> right? Yeah. so so uh that's it for that yeah. but before the bell tolls and i have to get going again um let's say uh, we just take a minute to dip into the old listener comment bag let's do it all right i have a few items since the last time we did this uh so starting with this one when we saw the cat chase rizzo uh at, at scrooge's uh, childhood school the cat chases rizzo and then gets slammed against the door i speculated about whether that might be a different puppet because the cat kind of looks like it goes flat when it hits the door. Um, our friend and listener Eric Brown reminded us that when that same Muppet was used as the stunt cat in the Dog City episode of the Jim Henson Hour, there was a flat version of it after one of the stunts. So they probably just swapped it out for the flat stunt cat puppet. Yeah. And we should say we should say previous podcast guest Eric Yes, Brown, that's him, yeah. Show. He's been on the show before. Yeah, a couple of times. Uh, we also talked about Rizzo saying, I'm from New Jersey, when he's being chased by that cat. Uh, listener Craig Fairhurst mentioned on Facebook that um, he thought on the Muppet trading cards from the 90s that Rizzo that it said Rizzo was from Brooklyn. So I actually recently stumbled upon my old Muppet trading cards, and I did have the mm-hmm. Rizzo one. So I can confirm that, yes, Craig was right. On the back of the Rizzo Muppet trading card, it says that he's from Brooklyn, USA. So There you go. He, yeah, conflicting so... Muppet <laughs> continuity here. Obviously, there's no continuity, but is he from New Jersey? Is he from Brooklyn? Who's to say? What about Spider-Man? What borough is Spider-Man from? Spider-Man, well, Spider-Man's usually from Queens, right? Yeah, but not all the time. Like, that's what I mean. Like, oh, I well, there was that thing um, because Captain America is from the Lower East Side of Manhattan in the comics, but he's from but he's from Brooklyn, Brooklyn in the movies in the yeah, in the Marvel movies. And there was some controversy when they made a statue of Captain America and put it in Brooklyn. And people were not all happy about that because, like, I think Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, the creators of Captain America, were from the Lower East Side and. You know, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, so if they ever put make a statue of Rizzo, they're gonna have to put some serious thought into where they put it. <laughs> Next, we have the topic of uh, young Scrooge being offered a glass of wine on his graduation day, which I think you said that was in the book. Does that sound yeah. right? Okay. Yes. Um. So Tough Pigs Forum member Daid uh, said. I'll just quote his post. I've been trying to find out how long kids were at school in probably 1800 or so and haven't gotten any conclusive results, but would guess that Scrooge is probably 15 or 16. A teenager being offered a glass of wine on special occasions would have been totally normal in that period. Even today, UK law says a 16-year-old can be served beer or wine with a meal if accompanied by an adult. So... That answers that. Probably not unusual at all for Scrooge to get a glass of wine, even if he was only 16. Right. Uh, and then on the topic of accuracy, of oh, the accuracy of rubber chickens being present in the story. <laughs> we we questioned <laughs> whether there would actually be rubber chickens at the time uh, that Fozziewig is operating, operating his rubber chicken factory. Um, also from uh, Daid, 
because he says, because somebody had to, I've done a bit of research into rubber chickens. As far as I can make out, it's not very clear when they first appeared, but they can't predate vulcanized rubber in the 1870s. So I regretfully report that Fozziewig and Ma's old rubber chicken factory is not historically accurate. Ah. Yeah, that's unfortunate, Ooh. but we do like uh, learning uh, fascinating facts such as that. Um, and then we referred to the costumes that Gonzo and Rizzo wear to Fozziewig's party as their party clothes. We were very excited to see them changing into their party clothes. Not not physically changing, but just the fact that their their costumes. The fact that changed. they had changed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so actually, two listeners, uh, Jessica and Milo, and I don't have last names for them, but uh, they suggested that those are possibly meant to be lamplighters' uniforms because that is the scene where Gonzo is talking about the lamplighters playing their trade, and and we actually right. see Gonzo. And when I saw that, when I saw those comments, I thought, oh yeah, I bet that's right. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. I'm sure it is. Right. But they still look like fun clothes to wear to a party. Yeah. Uh, and then one more thing. We said that uh, Lips is not in the band, the Electric Mayhem or Acoustic Mayhem, if you will, uh, at Fozziewig's party. I don't think we ever spotted him. I don't think we ever commented on like, oh, there's Lips. Look, he's, there he is. No, but, we never we never did. <laughs> but again, two listeners uh, John Cook and Craig Fairhurst pointed out to us that Lips is visible in one shot after the band uh, switches over from playing like the very uh, slow waltz music to playing lively jazz music. So good news for all right. the Lips so, fans out there. No such thing. <laughs> Does not exist. They're going to come after you, man. But that, that is very nice of them to, to point that out. Like, honestly, obviously, I'm glad. Yeah. But also, I don't care about lips. That's fine that I missed him. I'm not. <laughs> well, I don't regret it. I mean, it says a lot that we had, you know, you and me and then two different guests across those episodes. Yeah. And none of us ever noticed that lips was there. So, yeah, no one, no one ever noticed that lips was in anything. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we thought of him at least enough to point out that we didn't see him, but then we just never That's saw true. him. That's true. That's true. So that's true. And now, now Muppets, Muppets mayhem is coming up and maybe lips. We haven't seen it yet. Peter yeah. Lynn's has apparently a new take. So right. I'm, I'm excited to right. see what that is. Lips might become a, a totally new, great character. The sensational character find of 2023. We'll, we'll yeah, find out. So, uh, so I, I can feel that I'm starting to be pulled back away uh, by the spirits into the present or the, Oh no! The, uh, past or the future, bye, and bye, the, Ryan. whatever. So I, I'm gonna turn the episode next week. back over. Yeah, I'm gonna leave it back to you and Raza and Alina. Bye. Uh, Alina, I'm sorry, you're not a regular rich little. All right. So yeah, I wanted to say Just one more thing. Our We're done with the minutes. We're done with the minutes. We're done with the minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. That's the end. That's the end so, of the minutes. But I wanted to say one more thing, if you'll indulge me. I wanted to do a reading of how it describes what the room looks like in the book when Scrooge comes in the room. Is the word parsnips in it? It's not, actually, but it lists a lot of food. So parsnips were a Muppet edition. Muppet edition. Yes. I would think that parsnips would be all over Victorian times. You, yeah, but do you want to hear? Uh, I Yeah. You up for it, Elena? Sure. Okay. So, it was his own room, 
There was no doubt about that, but it had undergone a surprising transformation. The walls and ceilings were so hung with living green that it looked a perfect grove, from every part of which bright, gleaming berries glistened. The crisp leaves of holly, mistletoe, and ivy reflected back the light, as if so many little mirrors had been scattered there, and such a mighty blaze went roaring up the chimney, as that dull petrifaction of a hearth had never known in Scrooge's time, or Marley's, or for many and many a winter season gone. And here's when we get to the food. Heaped up on the floor to form a kind of throne were turkeys, geese, game, poultry, brawn, which is apparently like a pig meat. Okay. That's what the annotation says. Uh, uh, pork, muscle, and cheap parts of the pig and is a gelatinous pink color. So that's brawn. Great joints of meat, suckling pigs, long wreaths of sausages, mince pies, plum puddings, barrels of oysters, red hot chestnuts, cherry cheeked apples, juicy oranges, luscious pears, immense twelfth cakes, and seething bowls of punch that made the chamber dim with their delicious steam. Whoa. Whoa, that sounds delicious. <laughs> right? <laughs> I love that there's steam coming off the punch. Yeah, and you can see in the John Leach uh, illustration, you can see the steam coming off the punch. Oh, that's cool. And you can see him sitting off on top of suckling pigs yeah. and all that. Great wreaths of sausages. Yeah. <gasps> there <sighs> is a decorating idea that I've never had. <laughs> <laughs> you should do it next year. I finally know how to decorate the kitchen. With great wreaths <laughs> of sausages and steaming bowls of punch. You got to do it. You got to do we it. We still got you time better. today. Let's yeah. do it. It's only December 10th as we're recording this. So oh, we got we time. Can, we've got time to put up great wreaths of sausages. Yes. Woo! All right. But so uh, any other thoughts about these two minutes before we end? I'll ask you the three questions we always ask. But first, any other thoughts about these two minutes, Alina, um, before we close? I love it whenever they introduce the ghost of Christmas present. Right. Well, you actually, you you requested this scene specifically. Yeah, I did. <laughs> like, before we started the movie, I asked you what you wanted, and you said, yeah, the ghost of Christmas you said, present. come in and know me better, man. Yeah. It's definitely one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but my favorite is probably, like, the lamp, not the rat. But there's a lot of fun stuff in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right, Roz, any other thoughts before we close about these two minutes? Um, this is probably, like, I don't know. It's it's one of the two, like, hearts of the movie. Yeah. It doesn't have a song in it. Mm -hmm. Whenever you introduce the, the Ghost of Christmas present, it doesn't have the song, but it does have his theme behind it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's exactly how it goes. <laughs> that was spot on. Good for us. Yeah. Um, but it, between this one and him dancing later on, yes, uh, that's like that's what you picture. I think I don't know when you I picture Muppet Christmas. Whenever Carol. you picture Muppet Christmas Carol, I think that a lot of people picture the ghost of Christmas Present because he's so big and he's so beautiful <laughs> and he's so you know warm and inviting, and it's like the happiest part of the movie. Mm -hmm. You know. And it's Christmas. It's Christmas Day. And uh, so. 1843. Yes. So, you know, it's just, just, he's jolly. He's beautiful. And I'm so glad that we got to see him tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Alina, before we go, we have the three questions we've been asking all of our guests this season. First one, do you remember the first time you saw this movie? And what's your history with the movie? Um, I do not remember the first time I saw this movie, but. Um, 
my history with this is I watch it every single year. Uh huh. Um, so that's going to be the third question: Is do you uh, watch it every year? Yes, I do. Right. <laughs> Decorating the Christmas tree every year. Right, because you guys do. It's you a like your tradition, family, yeah. And so does our family. I don't think I've talked about that yet. I was waiting for Roz for your guest spot, which is coming up yep. in a few weeks. We've passed that on to the next generation. Alina and her siblings decorate the tree to this movie, and our family decorates the tree to this movie, at least at first. Yeah. Because we have 14 million ornaments, so it takes us a couple of movies. We have a lot of ornaments. <laughs> That's true. This year we watched a Muppet Family Christmas also. The yes. Next night. Yeah. Yes. Um, um, but, but yeah, that started... Uh, did you do that? Have you done that like every year that you can remember? Every year that I can remember, yeah. Yeah. So I don't actually remember whenever it started, but it was definitely me and my sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sister, Emily, Alina's my, mom. Alina's mom, yeah. say. Emily. And not Fozzie's mom, Alina's mom. <laughs> not, <laughs> not Emily I Bear. Fozzie's mom. Emily, <laughs> not Emily Bear. Emily Golshinsky okay. is Alina's mom. And she's my older sister. She's six years older than she than I am. And, um, and we, we'd kind of been doing it for, for a while, but then suddenly I remember Emily was married to your dad, Alina, Nathan, and one Christmas, uh, I think the VCR died at, at my mom's house. And I was still, I was, I was 16 whenever Emily got married. So it might've been that Christmas. Yeah, that's right. And... The VCR died, and suddenly we couldn't watch Muppet Christmas Carol. And I was so upset. And Emily was so upset. And we were just like, well, we can't put up the tree. You you, it, you actually picked up the VHS and started singing When Love Is Gone. Yes. To <laughs> yes. So we went with Nathan. Nathan and Emily went out. They were just, I think that they were just married that year. And they went out, and they bought the DVD. And they bought my mom a DVD player just so that we could put up the tree. Because Emily and I were just like, well, there is no tree without this movie. Like, we cannot do it. And I, that was really when it was completely solidified as this is a have to. We had been doing it, but we never really thought of it as a thing or yeah. a tradition. And until, then until you lost until it. we couldn't. Yeah. When love was gone, then we like freaked out. And this was, this was, uh, a while ago. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, you know. I mean, you're you're 13, <laughs> yeah. Alina, as yeah. we discussed. And this was when your parents first got married. Yeah. So 21 years ago. 21 years ago, yeah. yeah. So DVD players were, you know, not that cheap. Mm-hmm. And DVDs were still a big deal. And yeah, this was when you could go into Best Buy and they had yes. seven rows of DVDs. Yes. What a time to be alive. Yeah. We did not have a Best Buy. We had to go to Walmart or something. Well, we had to go to three stores to find the DVD. So this was, and going on that, you know, little odyssey to go find a DVD player and to find the DVD. Um, And then that just made it, okay, we have to do this every year. So when you're on the podcast as a guest later, I'm going to ask you your history with this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you. You before, tell you the first time I the first, first time, time I saw it. it. Yeah. yeah, this. But was, that's a little prehistory of Alina's history. With this this movie. is what yeah. led Alina to watch it every year. Yep. But, Little did you know, 
that we set the stage by freaking out on our mom that that her VHS player was broken. And then you and me watched it at her house together. Yeah. 20 years later. And now I can basically quote the whole movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then that leads to the next question. Where do you rank it among the Muppet movies? Oh, it is my favorite out of all of them. Is your top favorite? Top favorite. Yeah. That's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Cause you, cause you guys, cause I remember when you were a kid. I don't know how you feel about it now, but when you were little, you were pretty into like Muppets Most Wanted and oh, yeah. and the 2011 movie, the Jason Siegel one, Gary and all that. But not not as much as this one. No, ever. The Muppets Most Wanted used to scare me because uh, of Constantine's. Because of Constantine. Because of his shiny teeth. I don't know. When he puts metal teeth on. I don't know what used to. scare I remember me, that freaking you out when you were it used little. Used to scare me. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. This never did. Not even the no, Ghost of Christmas Future. Ever, no. None of it. And even though Rizzo's like, we'll see you at the end, or Gonzo was like, we'll see you at the end. Yeah. You were like, I'll be right here. I'll be watching it because yeah. I'm not scared. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, and then the third one was, do you watch it every year? And you you already said. I, I do, yeah. Like multiple times, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like I we said, will- I can quote the movie. Yeah. yeah. Well, you watched it putting up your tree. We were going to put up a tree for um, my mom, your grandma. Who you call Lula. Yeah. Uh, that didn't work out because there uh, was no stand for the tree. Oh. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Which, think you were over there for that, were you? No, no. I wasn't feeling Oh, uh, well, we were we were going to watch it, and then we just ended up watching just the movie. Just watching it on my... <laughs> left the tree <laughs> down. Plus, yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's never a bad time to, to watch, watch it. To watch Muppet Christmas Carol. Like, yeah. What? Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, so that, if neither of you have anything else... Um, there was one thing that Tell me. I noticed. Like, how tall does that guy have to be to be in that costume? Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, he's going to shrink down. He's still going to be taller than Michael Caine. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't couldn't find how tall Don Austin is. Yeah, like. But, yeah, he, might, he must be over six feet, I would think, for yeah, sure. Yeah, like, I'm 5'10". I could totally not fit in that because that thing is huge. You could wear platform <laughs> shoes. Yeah. Inside the suit. Yeah, that would rule. Um, but no, yeah, I don't know. So listeners, uh, if you know Don Austin, or if you are Don Austin, <laughs> let us know how tall he is. But so, how tall you are. <laughs> or how tall you are, if you are, in fact, Don Austin. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he listens to this. I mean, yeah, we should have him on. I hope so. that Kirk like, Thatcher also <laughs> listens to this. Yeah, I don't know. He's a great guy. Yeah. I imagine. I mean, he sure seems like it. He sure seems his, awesome. His online persona sure is. Yes. Um, we like Kirk. We've interviewed him at Tough Pigs before. I know. Like I've that, read those you know. interviews. He's just lovely. Yeah. Uh, but so that's it for today. L- listeners, you can find toughpigs.com on the internet. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Hive Social, theoretically. And uh, you can also become a patron of ours on Patreon to get some bonus content on there. You can read our interviews with Kirk Thatcher at toughpigs.com. High uh, quality bonus con- content. You should definitely become a Patreon member this Christmas. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> and then uh, you can email us at movingrightalong at toughpigs.com to tell us what your favorite uh, parsnip recipe is. Ooh, you please can... <laughs> do. Oh, I would love more parsnip recipes. You can, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe, and on Letterboxd at Movies Are Neat. You can follow me on Letterboxd at Zeppo Marxist. Uh, you can follow Roz on... <laughs> no, Pinterest. You, Pinterest. you can follow me on Pinterest. And Alita, where can our listeners find your work? Uh, Pinterest and... Also, you're a Pinterest enthusiast. Yes. Um, and, like, I'm trying to start a podcast. 
If you do, I'm oh, going to listen to it. That's we right. actually we've talked yeah. about this. Yeah. We've talked about this. It's so, called Save Them. It's called, it's for about, uh, uh, do you want to plug your cause? Yeah, it's about saving animals because I saw this, like, I was at a camp once and we were looking through magazines and I saw, like, banning, like, bull hooks uh-huh. and, like, how elephants are treated in a circus. And I'm like, I want to start a podcast about this and, like, get it to stop. Because mm-hmm. I am an animal person, 100%. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So I hope you do get your podcast off the ground. I'm excited to help. I'm trying. <laughs> and once it does, we'll link to it. Yeah, we're really excited for you and for helping animals around the world yeah. by you spreading your voice out there. Yeah. 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 So uh, thank you, Alina, for being our guest today. Thank yeah. you, Roz, for being our guest host, filling in for Ryan. Uh, Ryan, hope you feel better. I'm sure you do by now. It's been six weeks. Yes. But uh, as we're recording. Tell that ghost of Christmas past to leave you. Yes. Uh, leave me. <laughs> thank you to Morgan Davey for designing our logo. And listeners, if you're so inclined, give us that positive review you've been meaning to give us. Uh, and, five stars. And give, what's that? Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Do it. All five. All five stars. I've rated them five stars. You, you did? Yeah. Oh, thank you. Aww. That's awesome. And uh, tell everyone you've ever met to listen to Moving Right Along. We'll be back next week for another episode. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>